All right. Good Monday morning, everyone. Hey, here in Texas, at least in like the South Central, I guess, of Texas, we're getting rain. So, hey, thank you, everybody, for sending us rain because we have thoroughly appreciated it 100%. But you guys know me, Amy, here with Russell Fern and our lovely guest today, Mickey, for Author Talk. So, you guys, let me tell you about my weekend, okay? Because it has just, let's talk about it, okay? So one, I had a book launch released this, this weekend, okay? The Flower Enigma with Rox and Charles. And let me just say, nothing, nothing makes me more mad than when I do a book launch and it doesn't go the way I want it to go. So let me just say, nothing ruins my weekend more than that. And in all reality, I am twirling in my head as to why it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So it's been an interesting weekend. And then on top of that, you guys, I actually got called by someone who doesn't know me unprofessional this weekend. First time for me ever. So I'm going to wear that with pride because, you know, hey, if you have names for me, that's cool. But I was actually called unprofessional and uh, professionals don't appreciate the way I do business. So it was a fun, angry weekend for me to say the least. But it is Monday. It's a new week, you guys. And so I hope you guys all had fantastic weekends and I would love to hear them. See, Amy, what you needed this weekend was a dragon so that you could look at this individual who is an idiot and say, Dracaris. And then they could all just be burned up. And there you go. Okay. Um, oh, I yeah, so, so you watched House of Dragons, obviously. So how was it? How did it go? I, did you like I it? I loved it. I loved okay. it. I think they've done a great job. They've kept the flavor of Game of Thrones. So those of us who loved the series um, can appreciate that it's very, very much the same flavor of um the world building everything is you know the red keep it's very exciting to see the red keep the way it was under the targaryens and they're setting it up very nicely of you know the history of uh the targaryen uh dynasty and stuff and of course the best part has dragons in it so like you know there were like multiple scenes with like dragons you know and the main character is like riding her dragon and the other guy uh who is played by one of the doctor who's um he (laughs) he's riding his dragon so it was great it was great i loved it i think it's very exciting beginning so i'm i want to see where they go with it okay Nice. So it's better than like the ending of Game of Thrones though, right? Because that last season wasn't the best season. Let's face it. Pretty much anything would be better than that freaking last season. Okay. Yeah. But, but actually, you know, I think, um, I hope that they have learned from their mistakes of, you know, don't freaking rush things, you know, give the story the space it needs and stuff, because honestly the fans are there, right? I mean, we're going to we're going to be there for them. So they just need to honor honor the fandoms. But I think it went really well. So I was very excited to see it. I'm excited. Yeah. The only bad part is that of course it's coming out one Sunday at a time. <laughs> so we gotta wait until next Sunday for the next episode. I'm not it. good with Yeah. I know. I'm not always a patient person either. So I get it. I get it. But uh Russell 
I don't, you're frozen on my end, but what did you do this weekend? Ooh, did we lose Russell? Maybe. Is he frozen on your guys' end? Is it just me, though? No, he's frozen. He's, he's frozen. Okay. All right, he'll okay. pop back up. Mickey, what did you do? Uh, had a picnic with my daughter, watched Ooh. a couple of movies, hung out, gave away three of my kittens. We are now kittenless except for one. And we're keeping Ooh. her. So it was a very productive weekend that way. Nice. And, um, what movies work. did you watch? What's that? What movies did you watch? Um, I watched The Lion in Winter. Uh, me and my daughter watched The Pianist because she's interested in World War II stuff. And um, and we watched a couple of horror movies because she's into that as well. So, yeah. Oh, and then we had a picnic nice. and that was really cool. Had Subway at the picnic, played a couple of board games, went to the Splash Park. It was a very productive weekend from a dad-daughter standpoint. Nice. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. And I, I'm glad to hear that you have gone down to a one-cat family because, two oh, cats. my God. Two, two cats. cats? You have had two cats? Okay. Yeah, we kept yes. the mom the mom, and, and we kept one, one daughter, okay. one, one of her kittens. Which yeah, actually think, helps my daughter with her autism because it's like a therapy thing for her. Yeah, and I mean, I love I love pets, and I think that having pets is awesome. But you do have to be careful with how many cats you have because they're a lot uh, smellier. In, yeah, in not, terms not of here, things. not here, yeah. not like a giant husky. That's not smelly at all. That's not especially smelly. a skunk husky. Well, okay, she has not been skunky in a long time. She had oh. one interaction with a skunk, and Ooh. now she's fine. But now she smells like a beautiful baby because, you know, I I put a little baby powder on her all the time to help with her coat and keep it clean and stuff. I brush her, and she smells delicious all the time. She's she's such a spoiled brat. It's not even funny. Some I mean, of my cats, even... burn. Bombays are historically, they need to have clean litter boxes. If they don't yes. have clean litter boxes, they will defecate all over your house. Oh, my gosh. That is a true statement because I have yeah. a Bombay cat. But yeah. he's like, I don't know. He's super chill. So, Fern, that's my black cat, Mowgli. Yeah. And, I mean, he goes he goes outside, wonders. He comes back. But, no, they, they, like, they like to be clean. They like Always. their bathroom to be clean. Like, they're just... Oh. They're special creatures. I've grown to like Mowgli of my cat. So it's, you know, it's a whole whole thing. But Russell, are you are you back with us, Russell? I don't know. I'm having some kind of weird Wi-Fi trouble, apparently. Mm. So if you have to go on without me, just do it. But no, we can hear you now. You're good. What what was up with your weekend, Russell? Oh Lunch. man. Okay. He's frozen. I this is he not a Disney. Of... This is not a Disney film, but Russell is frozen. <laughs> hey, don't get me frozen. Don't get me started on frozen, okay? Because I can sing all of those songs from one and two. Because my daughters love that movie. Okay. Anyways, when... that's okay. We'll wait for Russell to come back, but I anyway. will tell all of you guys good morning. We hope you guys are having a fantastic. Fantastic day. You guys know we like engagement in the comments. We like to answer your questions and just, you know, have fun and get to know you. To us, you guys are family and definitely friends. So feel free to.
comment or anything like that. If once you pop on, we love to say good morning. And, you know, I say this all the time. I feel like you guys need, you know, a disclaimer, I guess. But yes, I'm like this all the time. You can ask Fern, Mickey, and Russell. I am loud like this all the time. I am just vibrant as hell all the time. That's just how it rolls. But you guys, okay, so I'm on a mission. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. So you guys, I'm on a mission really quick before we dive into every everything about Top Shelf and everything. I am determined to tap into paperback books and making them bestsellers. I want Ooh. like, it's just like a thing for me. It's like an itch that I need to scratch. Like I need, I need that in my life just because I just want to do it. Like I just want to do it, you know? Well, it's, you know, it's good as a professional to like have the challenges that that bring you, you know, into like investigating your craft even more, right? I mean, because you're you've done such a great job with your ebooks and making your clients' ebooks, you know, um, Amazon bestsellers and stuff. So now it's kind of like, okay, now you're toggling over to okay, how do we do that with the with the paperback? Which is really great because for authors, um, you know, selling paperbacks is going to mean a lot more money than when you sell your ebooks, you know? Oh yeah. Um, so that's going to be really awesome for, for your authors. For sure. All right. I think you're you got, looking you got good. Russell. Russell. Yeah. I switched Wi-Fi, So I hope it works this time. Okay. Uh, so I went to the book launch and it was the antithesis of what you tried to do when you do a book launch. Yeah. They spent a bunch of money on placards and handouts and they just invited a few of their friends and they didn't do anything uh on social media at all mm. and uh then they were surprised at you know it's like the pop when the you're turnout. a new author and you sell books to all your family and your friends and then you don't sell any more books right yeah it's that thing Oh man. Okay. That's just like, oh man, that makes my heart go out to that author. Cause that, that is one of those things. Like, you know, you always have your biggest fan is your family and your friends. And then you have uh, the poor way to say it is like real fans, right. That don't know you, <laughs> you know, cause your family and friends are always going to support. Like I buy every single one of your guys's books. I love them. I read them. I love them. I'm your biggest fan, right? But I'm also, you guys are family to me, pretty much. Everyone I work with is family. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where you have to use social media to get the word out, to get new people there that you don't know. If it was like a closed book launch where you had to be invited to it, then that's one thing. But I mean, I was having this conversation the other day about how, you know, social media in terms of marketing has just opened the gates, right? And it's kind of, flooded it we're doing you know door-to-door -door marketing campaign and stuff i mean that's still effective but you have to have a really heavy social media presence and things like that so i mean it was it's just a missed opportunity because i don't know anyone that doesn't do some kind of like blurb or shout out or social media campaigns on any of their launches because i mean you can reach the masses that don't even know you exist especially if you run ads so it's a learning curve. We're just going to say it's a learning curve. Things happen. So that's sad. 
Yeah, but that is sad because um, when you're doing a book launch, you really want to have, you know, bigger success. And a lot of that, when it's a physical launch, you really need to think about like location. Where are you having it? You know, when we used to do um, live book launches in, you know, before COVID, uh, we always uh, partnered up with like a restaurant of some kind that would let us have a corner uh, space where everybody else could still see us, you know, but we were there. And because then, then you have the possibility of just random people who are at the restaurant checking out the book and seeing the cover and seeing, you know, that, that something fun is happening. Um, and we'd have random people join us and, and do trivia games and things like that to, to get people involved and make it interactive, you know? So that's, Location is a huge part of, you know, know, success. What I don't understand, for example, is why if you have a book launch, you don't invite all the book podcasters you know of or you can find both in the area and beyond to attend the podcast. Not that they will, I mean, to the launch, not that they will. But that's another way to make them aware of you and your new book. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, it doesn't hurt to like just get the word out there and invite people, I mean, whether they come or not. You, they're at least aware of the of the event for sure. Yeah, um, but well, yeah. I mean, Russell, Fern, you guys know Sandy used to say this all the time. Like nobody knows who you are except for your family and friends. So if you don't go out there and just invite people and kind of campaign and be known, right, in your small community, like be known outside of your family and friends, then no one, you know, it's real, It's much harder to sell your book and things like that. And I mean, I learned that from Sandy years ago. I mean, she just said it as if it was like everyday knowledge. But I mean, when you're an author, especially a first-time author, you really do have to understand that you have to get your hustle on, right, yeah. to market your book and to sell your book and to get your name out there you know, doing speaking and stuff like that. But I mean, Russell, inviting like local podcasters and stuff is brilliant. Like I've never thought of that. I mean, you can invite like influencers and stuff and they're going to want like some kind of compensation or whatever for it. But like inviting those I think is great or having it, you know, if like Fuzzy's Tacos, you know, when I lived there, they would do like, they would do trivia night or karaoke night or whatever. But like going at a location kind of like that, I mean, a lot of them, I think, would be open to that. And so you already have a mass amount of people there. You know, you just have to bring them to your table. So, I mean, you just have to get creative. And I mean, I get it. All most of us, I'm pretty sure all of us on this show, we're actual introverts. Okay, we force ourselves to be. I'm not. Well, Russell, to an extent, I I am to an extent. But it's kind of it's kind of one of those things like you can't be afraid to just go out there. What's the worst thing they're gonna be like? No, I'm not interested. Like because okay. they're still aware. I'm gonna move right? on, right? Yeah. So I mean, you can't be afraid of rejection. You just have to tell yourself the only thing that they can say is no, and that's they're not gonna dog you. Well, know who you are. You know, here's the thing: no doesn't actually change anything. Because you already living in no. No is already part of your existence. You already don't have those people's interests or connections. They're already not paying attention to you. So no is already here. When you ask, what you're doing is 
giving yourself the opportunity for a yes, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're really doing. You're giving yourself an opportunity for a yes because you already have no. No is already here, okay? So if they say no, nothing changed. Yeah. So that's that's the mentality that you really have to remember is, you know, it's not, you know, um, it's not personal. It's business. And also you already have no. So no doesn't really change anything. The only thing is if you don't ask, you won't have opportunity for a yes. And that's what you want to try to do. But speaking of being seen, you know, um, I know that Russell always wants us to talk about how you can find us. Right. And um, where where our podcast is. So, Amy, where is our podcast? Oh, I'm sorry. That was my cue for me. I'm over here like, you know, still going on and, you know, I'm still pissed at myself. You guys, Um, you can find us over on Amazon Music. I know I got riled up. I'm sorry. Amazon Music. Good pods, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. We are on you guys. We are in the top 10 on Good Pods, which to all of our surprise, we are just grateful for. And we love talking with authors, hearing stories of people that work with authors, our authors, publishers, all kinds of realms. And we love to just hear that. And we started it. It was all Russell's idea, actually. And so we're just so grateful and humbled by it. And thank you guys all for listening and sharing. And just, you know, we love you all so much for it. And speaking of all of that, tonight on Through the Eyes of Authors is actually our collaboration night. So we are going to be, if you have a social media question, if you had something exciting happen, like James, I know that you're back from Killer Nashville, so we want to talk about it. But anything that any of us in the group can share, tonight is the night that we are going to do that. We have one hour allocated. So social media questions that you have, how we can help each other and support each other and do shares and stuff like that. That's what's happening tonight on Through the Eyes of Authors, you guys. And if you happen to miss last week, let me know, because we had a fantastic media panel that Mickey helped put together, and it was very informative. So if you're struggling or you're trying to understand how to navigate these waters of being an author, let me know. Ah, Let me know. I'm more than welcome to send it to you so you guys can listen to it and just learn, right? We're, We're not competitive. We're all about just learning and helping everybody get ahead in this game. But speaking of all of that, Mickey Mickelson is on today to talk with all of us about Top Shelf. I know I will jump in there as well, but it is something that relates to authors, writers, just the whole writing community as a whole. So Fern, it is your time to shine. All right. Well, Mickey, welcome to our show. We're so excited to have you talk about Top Shelf and all other kinds of things that you want to talk about. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So, Mickey, yeah. Um, Top Shelf. Top Shelf. It's a magazine. Um, tell us a little bit about how you came to be connected to it and to have this opportunity to take it on. Yeah. So, I worked with the previous owners of Top Shelf for probably four and a half years. Um, getting cover stories of my clients, guest posts. Um, We worked out a very good working relationship for over four years. And at some point, there was always talk that I might purchase a magazine because they'd be looking in different directions. Well, that happened. That happened in May of this year. And so the previous owners, um, Keith and Becky Kessikis, hope I pronounced that correctly, they stepped away from it and in turn they 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 offered it to me and because they offered to me 
I'm only one person. I decided to invite Amy to this because we have such a close working relationship. And we, as a duo, decided to, yeah, we'll we'll take this on. And so it's a major literary magazine. They've had major people in it. Brad Thor, Brad Metzler, Steve Barry, all New York Times bestsellers. Um, they cater to publishers. They cater to libraries. They have a widespread distribution system in the United States. Um, to us, it was a win-win. So that's what's happened. Mm -hmm. So when you took this on, like, do you guys have a, a vision of like some of the things that you'd like to do with it that are different from what it's been doing so far? Like, do you have any special um, ideas that you're playing with? Yeah. So a little bit of transparency. Since we've taken over the magazine, I've heard some rumblings that we took it on to be a forum for Creative Edge clients and abundantly social clients and basically create our own magazine which is not why we're doing it um we will have some clients who are focused in it for sure but it's really meant to be a book community magazine so and what i mean by that is we want to leverage every aspect of the book industry that there is so we want to put indies on covers we want to represent traditional aspects on covers and guest posts and interviews and things like that. But beyond that, we also want to focus on other areas within the book industry. So spotlight libraries, spotlight indie bookstores across the country or internationally, mm -hmm. um, have comic book sections, have posts around writing and publishing and, and vital key information that maybe people don't know and really end of the day and this is maybe where i'm going with this and i, I hope amy will attest to it our goal is to make this magazine an international focus in the book community and that's it and i believe that the way to do that is to make sure that we're properly representing not only creative edge not only abundantly social but the book industry as a whole across the nations. That's the goal. Now, are we going to be able to do that? I don't know. It's a very, very big, big, big leap, but that's what our goal is overall. Well, I think it's always good to have the, the biggest goals, right? To have, to dream big, you know, conquer the world kind of goals. And then, and then whatever piece of the world you get, that's, that's more than what you may have may have gotten if you had smaller goals. So to me, that's that's awesome. And I love this idea of highlighting, for example, the bookstores and the libraries, because a lot of libraries actually have really great programs that they're that they're offering for readers and for writers to connect. And uh, very few ever get really highlighted. So I love that idea of you know kind of highlighting other other parts of the uh the industry so the the first issue is out and it was the yeah. awards issue right Correct. the awards issue yeah. which which was prior to you guys taking it on was the awards contest so i don't know yeah. amy if you if you have the cover and can show it now this is um an online magazine Do, is there um a physical magazine available as well or 
Is it just online? Is there a plan to make it available as a physical magazine as well? What are what about that kind of dynamic? Is it mostly going to be online? We want to start with online because we weren't sure what we had and we weren't sure, um, number one, if we're going to be able to maintain the, the success that the previous owners did because they did. They they were very respected in the industry. They they know a lot of people. They had a lot of contacts. And so we want to make sure that, number one, the magazine attests to that success rate, but also if we do attest to that success rate and continue on from that aspect, our goal is to move it from a virtual to a print and have it all over. Um, I'm in Canada. So for me, I would love to be, love it to be distributed in all the Indigo chapter stores in Canada. Um, that's a process obviously, but end of the day, our, our main focus right now is to ensure that the content we're putting out looks good that it's vibrant, that it's professionally done, and it's eye attractive to readers. And number one, if we're gonna, and also if we're gonna call ourselves the book community magazine, make sure that we're actually advocating for that and the content we're putting out displays for the entire book community, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, when when uh, you know, like the Houston Writers Guild, for example, is having a a, a workshop. Um, I think this this Saturday on being a freelance writer and getting getting opportunities to write, you know, um, in in the market. And your magazine would be one of those uh, kinds of opportunities for mm -hmm. contributing writers, freelance writers that, you know, um, that would pitch stories. What are some of the the stories that ideas that you might be interested in that that those who might be uh, listening, who are authors, who are interested in it, who could pitch it to you? And do you guys have a, you know, a method or um, a process yet for having these kinds of contributing pieces coming your way? We, I don't believe we have a process as of yet, but from my aspect, and I'll get Amy to ask, answer this as well. From my aspect, anything we put in the magazine has to look professional. I, we only want to showcase authors, whether they be traditional or indie, we only want to showcase those individuals who have taken the time out to spend money to get a nice looking book cover, to get professional headshots, to properly edit any content that they send over to us, all of that. If, if, if that doesn't happen, they're likely not going to get space. It's no different than me signing a client. I get bombarded with clients probably 10 to 15 a week or a month. Um, and I sign very, very few of them just because the people that are her pitching don't want to either spend the money or don't want to take the time to put out a professional product. So how can you market a product if it doesn't look professional? You can, but it's going to hurt your credibility at the end of the day. So that's why that stance is there. And that's, that's yeah. my take on it. Amy, I'm going to so, put you into this, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Amy, like, what are some of the stories that, that you might like to see? Like if, if I'm a, if I'm a writer and I'm out here and I've got, you know, I'm, I've got my books or whatever, what kinds of things might I be able to send you to like, begin to connect with you and maybe get, get a, a publishing opportunity with you? So, I am a sucker for a good story about 
how you fell into writing and how you took that leap to publish your book, whether it's traditional, you published it yourself and, you know, like the learning curve that you experienced. I love to read those because I feel like you're not alone in that. And I feel like a lot of authors, first time authors, or even if you've done it before, right? Every time you publish a book, there's a, not that it's a different process, but you go through different hurdles. I feel like each time, especially when you do it on your own. So I like reading stories like that, you know, like kind of, this is what I've learned. I fell into writing or I've always loved writing. I decided to take that leap or, you know, whatever. I love things like that, but I also like, you know, support stories too, you know, like inspirational, but support stories about how this has been such a journey, but now like I've made it and I, you know, have such a big support, you know, cause I feel like, you know, writing is a form of art and it's an expression of art. And so I like to read those and you never know, like your story may inspire somebody else. And so I always like reading those kind of things and, you know, loopholes and stuff like that are, are my thing. But I mean, I just feel like the writing community and the book community, right, just as a whole, because there's different ver like versions of writing, expressions, people like us, right, that have this podcast that talk to authors, right? There's all these different realms that go into this community. And so I feel like everybody's story is unique. And so I like to read those and it could inspire somebody else or maybe someone else is going through the journey and maybe it brings them together. You know, I'm a huge advocate for that. Um and going, going back to what Mickey had said about like creative edge and abundantly social for me personally, like top shelf is all about bringing awareness to all aspects of the writing community. It honestly doesn't really have anything to do with abundantly social or creative edge in my opinion, because the writing community has amazing writers in it. It has amazing illustrators in it. It has incredible podcasters. I don't like author talk right in it, but it also has the people behind the book production that goes into it that you wouldn't understand. And the reason that I say that is because before I met Sandy and she decided to go with authors and stuff, I didn't realize how much money if you self-publish goes into a book. And so it really is an investment. And so I treat my books, you guys, so much better now that I know those things. And I like to kind of highlight that because, you know, when I talk to some of Joshua's, you know, friends from work and they're like, oh, I've been thinking about writing a book, what all goes into it? And you kind of break it out. They're like, wow, I had no idea. Like, I'm going to treat my books better. And I feel like just kind of bringing awareness to there's all kinds of aspects of this writing community and what all goes into it and letting each one kind of have its moment to shine. To me, I feel like is the purpose of of top shelf. And, you know, I feel like all stories kind of feed into that. And it's part of what has kept me being so involved in the writing community is, you know, this is the most welcoming space in my opinion. So, I mean, that's a yeah. long, I think that it's a really great thing to know that, you know, what you're, what, what kinds of um, articles you're interested in, because definitely the different pathways that people have taken to succeeding, to bringing forth their books, that's, a, that's always good to hear. Um, what people think, they, they think they're going to find the path, but there's like this one method that will get you there. And it's like, no, everybody has a different, a different journey. And we can learn from each other's journeys. There's things that you can 
take from one person's journey and apply it to your own. And then there's things that you just can't like, I, I always think about, uh, <laughs> I always think about Verstant and how he sells books. Okay. Like the man sells books and you know, 10, you know, nine out of 10 times he will make a sale, but I would never be able to apply his methodology because I'm just too shy. I am not. I love his method though. I love his method because it would like if that happened to me, I would totally just stop and be like, well, okay. And then you're just like, well, I don't know how to get out of this situation. You know, what is this strange method? <laughs> okay. So his methodology is okay. We're at an event. He stands in the middle of this, of where people are walking with his book open to his story. And he, he goes, do you read? They're like, yes. And so he sticks the book in their face and goes, read this. And yeah. so they start reading his story and he starts, you know, after a few minutes of, of them reading, he starts talking to them about him and he's a writer and he's here and he can sign it. And look, you know, years later, it's going to be super, super uh, valuable because it's going to have his signature. <laughs> I mean, he just does his spiel. Mm -hmm. Nine out of 10 times that man sells that book. But, you know, like, would I do that? Heck no. Heck no. But there are other people out there who for whom that personality and that methodology could work. So it's good to hear what works for other people. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you adapt it to you. And sometimes <laughs> you have to go, okay, <laughs> that doesn't work for me. No, no, I know. Oh. But I mean, I think just I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird and I'm cool with being weird. But I always think like we learn so much from each other. Like earlier today, I learned a new word from Russell. Like I've already learned something new today. Right. And so for me, I'm just like, why not share the stories? Because it's going to relate and resonate with someone. And if that brings an author friendship together, that's great. Maybe they become a co-writer. Maybe they write an anthology together or whatever. But, you know, I don't know. I just like building friendships. Like that's my thing. Great. So I think it's wonderful. This magazine is going to be a great opportunity for uh, for authors and readers to get to know the the community, right? The the vast and vibrant community that is that's around the, the world. That's you know, um, because like Mickey, you were talking about bookstores. Um, there are so mm -hmm. many popping up. So a lot of really wonderful indie bookstores. So what a great way to, to, you know, help highlight some of these new businesses, you know, and give opportunities for people to go and be in, in the, in the bookstores and get books, you know? Yeah. We want to, we want to spotlight bookstores. We want to spotlight um, media outlets too, like podcasts. I mean, for September, we're going to have uh, a pretty mainstream podcast front and center on a spotlight in the magazine. We're going to have book reviews. We're going to have um, library focuses, bookstore focuses, a combination of indie and traditional author focuses. Because um, as I've always said, indies count too. And they deserve mm -hmm. to be on the same stage as traditionals, especially if they put in the work and the the dollars and everything to make their books look the way they, they should. So mm -hmm. yeah. I have a pitch. Go ahead, Russell. Pitch, Bring it right on. Here. There is a bookstore in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, that I was at a couple of months ago that is this huge bookstore, which has a band in it and, and has a great bar 
and you can sit around drinking champagne surrounded by all these beautiful books. And they're not just a few books, like in some of those type of bar slash bookstores, but it's a serious bookstore with a band and a great bar in it. And that should be uh, one of the bookstores that's in your magazine sometime. It's just spectacular place. Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. So that's the kind of stuff that we want, actually. Things like that, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful. And the, the key thing, too, is going to be, um, of course, you guys, we're going to put the link to the magazine on the, on the comment section so you guys can click on it and check it out. And, um, and also for, for you guys who are interested in pitching stories, um, you know, it's interesting to me always um, when you query magazines and stuff. Um, there are very specific methodologies and guidelines for this. So <laughs> a little furry friend. Um, so we, you know, we encourage you always, whether you're pitching a book to a publisher or whether you're pitching an article to a magazine or other source, make sure that you check their site for guidelines and uh, procedures, how to send, what to send. Some people want to see the whole article. Some people just want the idea for the article. You really need to do your due diligence there. And like I said, the Guild is having the workshop this Saturday on that. So if you want some more tips and strategies, uh, check out the Houston Writers Guild workshop this Saturday. Russell, you had something to say? Oh, yes. Uh, Mickey dropped a couple of comments with, while he was talking about the magazine that I want to come to because we're running out of time and I don't want to run out before we get Mickey on his pedestal. And sometimes that makes Fern get on one too. And that's oh, a bad part. You're going to get me in trouble. You're going to get me in trouble. Covers and headshots. You were talking yeah. about that, about considering authors. Would you uh, go into that a little deeper before we, before we end? I will answer this question as carefully as I possibly can. Um, authors that I am always looking to sign have to have professional looking headshots. They can be selfies. They can be taken from phones. I have lots of clients that do that, but they also look like professional headshots. No clutter in the backgrounds, very clear, non-blurry. They really need to be focused on a headshot that I can put on a press release. I can't put a headshot on a press release that has a funnel of books in the background or a bathroom shot in the background. I, I can't put that on or a, a press release. So it really needs to look like a professional headshot. Book covers too. Um, I'll use Nicole Fanning, who I represent as an example. She made handmade covers of her books, Catalyst and Ignite, when we started working together. I pitched her to multiple outlets. I got crickets. I got nothing back. So I told Nicole, you need to update your book covers. These look like they're handmade. And it's a lot of mistakes that indie authors make. So I'm not trying to cause a generalization, but it's true. If the covers don't look vibrant or look professional, they won't be picked up. So Nicole took that advice. She paid someone to create new covers for her books. 
Well, she's been on the national TV since that happened three times. She has been focused and had a guest post in Crime Reads Lit Hub, one of the biggest mainstream thriller mystery sites in the United States. Um, she's had podcasts. She was just on a radio show that's been going to be syndicated to seven or eight different stations. None of that would have happened, everybody, had she not changed her book covers. So it does make a difference. So it does. Yeah. It does. And it's important. I always say, you know, um, book covers sell the book and the the editing on the inside keeps people coming back for more. So you yeah. really cannot, you really cannot, uh, you know, scrimp and save when you're in this. If you're in this for real, you've got to spend the money. You got to spend the money on good book covers. You got to spend the money on good copy editing and also on good content editing. Because if the story is slow, if people put down the book, don't finish it, they're not going to buy another story right from you. So you have got to invest in good developmental editing, good copy editing yeah. and good yeah. book covers. It's just, it matters. End of thanks for end of the day, and I mean I'm going on a tangent, so I'm sorry, guys. But end of the day, top shelf is an investment. Keith and Becky invested in us to make sure that that legacy continues. Me and Amy have invested our time and minuscule money to get this magazine out. We cannot afford to put non-marketable products and non-marketable people in the magazine. And we just won't, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And and so it it is a great opportunity. We're so happy for you and Amy to have this opportunity to uh, put forth this magazine that will help a lot of people get to know the book industry and the amazing, vibrant authors and libraries and bookstores that are out there. Um, Amy, what have we got coming up as we're wrapping up? Well, I mean, I'm looking at the clock and the Nazi over there is throwing ice. Honey, he's been really good today, though. Russell, I'm so proud of you. I do movie. have I control can, issues. but I can feel, the, oh I can feel his vibrations. I hear you know, Mickey mumbling over there. But I can hear you. I know you said so something. weird, Fern, that you say that. Because I'm like the same thing. It's almost like telepathic. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Russell's staring a hole in me. Like, I know. And then mm. if we're going over, it really gets that hole. And I'm like, I'm in trouble. Like I, I do, it. I do know, but no, I mean, we're wrapping up the end of August. We're feeding into September and you guys know we have some of Mickey's amazing clients lined up for the end of this month and going into next month. But if you want to be on author talk, you guys know how to get in touch with me, Russell or Fern at this point, send us an email, Facebook message. If you really want to get a hold of me and you're just like, I have to be on my numbers in the bottom of my email signature, feel free to text or call me. But disclaimer, if I don't have you saved in my phone, I won't answer. Leave me a voicemail. Okay. I'm just saying. Right. I'm and she very... doesn't respond to text very quick either. So Russell, I've got oh, to Yeah, you. that's not true. Russell, that's not true. You have to pay her and then she'll do it for wow. you. Wow. So it's a it's a personal it's thing. A, it's is a what subscription you gotta buy because I pay for the subscription and I get response to text all the time. Okay, wait that a minute. means it's just wait. personal. Oh my gosh, that's not true. Okay, well I'm no dollars you get Amy's text. That's how it works. Mickey, okay, Mickey Facebook messages me, Russell. Oh my god, she doesn't text me, and I text you back today. Like, oh, now I'm in a hole. I'm just, I'm in a bad spot. Amy's subscription service that's what i'm hurt <laughs> i am oh really my gosh. hurt well 
thank you guys. Um, on that note, this has been a wonderful author talk. And, it was. Oh my gosh, I'm in a bad pickle, you guys. Like I can't. Get out. It really isn't anything personal, Russell. I do write. Amy's gonna back. kill me later. It's okay. Oh, whatever. You. Oh my gosh. Anyways, we hope you guys have a fantastic Monday and a great rest of your week. Ending on we're you're, just gonna you're end far on this away. note. Like I'm just red at the moment. I know if you're listening to us, you can't hear me, but when I get, you know, nervous, I turn red, no lie, and I break out in hives. And so that's why my hair's over. <laughs> so anyways, I'm sure I'm that's gonna get yelled at here in a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm gonna but get yelled at for sure. Have a fantastic rest of your week, you guys. We will catch you all next Monday. Until then, bye everybody.